I didn't watch any news last night. It was just after the first night that I watched it, the next night it was almost all the same. And it's just like, are we experiencing our country, our nation, just kind of disintegrating in front of us, just piece by piece by piece? It just, when will that stop? It needs to stop. Um, it seems like we've been hit with so many different things. And it may be part of the frustration of people, not just for the violence, not just for the, the way that man was brutally murdered, um, not just that, but um, all the difficulty and struggle that people are having with the pandemic. I mean, this is bringing out a lot of, a lot of suffering, a lot of people not knowing where they're going to turn to. Over 40 million people have filed for unemployment in the last 11 weeks. 40 million? The highest on record we've ever had before this time was like 690,000 in one week. And yet we've had 10, 11 weeks in a row with over 2 million. What do you think that's happening of those who don't know how they're going to pay the mortgage? What, how are they going to handle any kind of debt that they owe, their credit card bills? They just keep multiplying with the kind of interest rates that are charged on those things. You know, the hole for a lot of people, I think, is just getting almost overwhelming. And then what kind of hole is it getting for us as a nation? I didn't realize it, but back from that 2008 to 2011, the Fed actually created $21 trillion that were given to various international banks, or even not just in our own country, but around the world, just created $21 trillion. And then just the last few months, I think it's created seven or more, I think seven or more trillion, whatever that number is, I don't know, but I heard at least seven. It's just like, and that's how we're trying to to take care of the problem. It's just like, right now, we're facing some very, very serious crises as a nation. And I think that on top of how many of us have experienced the loss of loved ones? How many have experienced people that we know who have died from this, you know, COVID, you know, coronavirus? Um, and that caused forth grief. And when people don't really grieve the loss of loved ones, it turns to anger. So all these things are almost like this huge pot right now that's just boiling and boiling and boiling. It's just like, that's not going to solve it. Um, maybe we can look at the feast day of today and find in that some hope. Come, Holy Spirit, come. The first reading that we heard was the people were astounded. They came from different nations and countries, and they heard the apostles speaking in their own language. They understood what he was saying, and that was the reverse of the story of the Tower of Babel, where they thought they would really make something of themselves and to build this huge tower rising up to the heavens. 
and they could oversee the world, so to speak, and in control, gave them sense of power. And that's when God cast the nations into not being able to understand and comprehend each other into the different languages and divided humanity. Humanity came through sin, not through God's grace. And so the story of the Pentecost, of people being able to understand and hear one another again, is a symbol of the peoples being brought together into unity in the church, in that community of faith. And through that, of being united together, when restored again to one family, to one people, the family of God. You know, a long way from that, but the Spirit really at work calls us into opening up to understand, to listen to one another, to hear one another. And we have not been able to do that for some time. As a nation, we've been divided so much into camps, depending on which news site you listen to. It's like, why aren't we hearing the same thing? Why are we hearing so diverse opposite things? so often really designed to be antagonistic toward one another. You know, where's the common voice that brings us together, that speaks to all of us, and calls us all to a unity with one another, and to be heard? It's fascinating in the short history that, that I have in life. It's just a short history and a matter of time. But like in Northern Ireland, how did that tension between North and Southern Ireland, Ireland began to be brought together. There were people here in the United States that actually invited high school students from both the North and the South of Ireland to come together. And they began to bring them together to speak with one another and hear each other's stories and getting acquainted with them as young people. Um, that is a way that that was overcome. Um, uh, just a division between the Palestinians and the Jewish people. Um, when I was over in Israel, not this on another, on my sabbatical some years ago, uh, the lady of... Um, um, it was a Catholic organization working toward peace. And she told us that they began to meet with Jewish women and the Catholic women meeting together to share their stories, to share their experience. And the Jewish women were so shocked. They said, we can't believe what you're saying is true because if that had happened to us, we would never be able to be reconciled with you. She said, yes, it is true. But they have to hear stories. People have to hear the experience of others. And as I was lying awake the other night trying to get to sleep and wondering what would happen if an outbreak of violence occurred in our community of Muncie, you know, where is, are there enough grievances that are out there that could coalesce into an outburst of violence in our community? Um, I think there probably are. 
um, I'm not sure, so sure it's a society that hasn't experienced a lot of grievances that maybe have just been kind of brewing underneath. But if we divide it, if we don't begin to learn to come together and talk to one another and hear one another, it will burst forth into a violence. But if we can somehow form ways of groups, maybe church and a church, get together and really share each other's story and how they experience life in the community of Muncie that might enable us to kind of diffuse some of that tension that might be there. We really have to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance during this time. How does the Spirit lead us to unity with each other and overcome those differences? Um, race has been a part of the history in Muncie. I always got the greatest kick out of growing up and wondering why White City and Whiteley were the two black neighborhoods. Um, it just was so ironic that that's how it was, was forced. But the history in Muncie, um, the Catholics were a part of it. Um, also, we were part of the, um, the outcast for a while in Muncie. If you were Catholic in Muncie back in the 40s, there was a lot of very strong prejudice against the Catholic community. We all who went here remember the KKK that was put in the sidewalk. And Monsignor Sarazinski left that there so we would remember the hostility that was, was out there and be aware of it. I don't think, I don't know the first year that a Catholic was actually on the basketball team in Muncie. But in a lot of towns and cities, if you were Catholic, you also were not able to uh, be chosen for the team. Um, I don't know what year that broke. A lot of times Catholics had a hard time getting jobs. Blacks had a hard time getting jobs in this town at the various factories. The jobs were not open to them. The various trades were not open to them. And so they were, in a way, almost trapped in a poverty. That's the kind of thing that is part of our history that we must, in a way, face and acknowledge and hear what is happening today, what is going on today, what are things that are crushing people in spirit that the only ability to respond or address it is to strike out in violence. Um, I really am fearful about the demise of the public school uh, education. I'm fearful of that because I personally believe it is one of the strongest forces that we've had in our society that has brought people together across racial barriers, across economic divides. Um, that has, in a way, brought the community together in knowing each other and being able to talk with one another and have a common bond experience with each other. Yes, there may be some differences, but from my perspective, the public school has been the greatest source of overcoming the racial divide in our country. And if the public school system shatters and breaks apart, we're going to lose something that is so beneficial and in my mind necessary for 
the common building up of our nation. That's my, my thought of it. In the second reading today, we have the Spirit is given and the gifts of the Spirit are poured out upon every member of the community. Everyone has been gifted by the Spirit. And what are the gifts that you have? What are the gifts that God has given to each of you? Not only for the upbuilding of the church, but upbuilding of the community itself, the world, and the human family. How are those being put to use? How are those being, in a way, being brought together to enable the Spirit to bring us together into unity with one another? The work of unity is the work of the Holy Spirit. And for us to cooperate with the movement of the Spirit in our time, how vital and important that is. If we don't address that, if we don't really work toward that, none of us are going to be able to really live well in the society. Um, it'll just continually breaking and shattering and fragmenting us more and more. It is not the Spirit of God that works at division. In fact, it's meant through Christ to be united through Him that He might present all of creation as a gift to His eternal Father. That's the Catholic view of the end time. The end time is not the destruction of the world, but the destruction of evil the destruction of sin, the destruction of darkness, but the uh, transformation of the world by the love and the grace of God. We may ask ourselves in regard to the gospel, Jesus saying, as the Father sent me, so now I send you to go forth and to bear fruit. Your fruit must endure. We are sent out. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, the breath that was given to give life to the person, is now the breath of divine life that is given to us, the breath of the Holy Spirit that is given to us, and that is the breath of life that we're called to, in a way, share and allow it to go forth and transform the world, uniting it more fully in Christ himself. So our lives must seek to strive to be in unity with him, one with him, and through the power of the Spirit, Spirit to forgive the woundedness we may carry of injustice that we may have experienced. Those who sin you forgive, they are forgiven. It is no longer once forgiven. It no longer has power. But until it is forgiven, it still has power to harm. And so it's through forgiveness of Christ. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That is the only way through a common, you know, forgiveness through the gift of the Spirit to heal that woundedness, to heal the hurts that we carry that we don't inflict that woundedness on others. So I ask you, maybe I've rambled this morning, maybe it's been really diverse, but 
I could not avoid just addressing something of what I've seen and believing that there is a way through this, but we must turn to the Holy Spirit for wisdom. We must turn to the Holy Spirit for understanding. We must turn to the Holy Spirit for courage and right judgment, and also for piety, or we might say humility, and fear of the Lord, which means placing God before all and serving Him. God's blessing, God's grace upon you all.